what did you have in your sandwich today? I had the usual um, honey mustard, mayo, spinach, red onion, and ham on sourdough. What if you just had a sandwich of like just the first two condiments and it was just bread with honey mustard and (laughs) mayo? Do you think that would be like the grossest sandwich? Because, like, a peanut butter could be a condiment, right? Yeah, if you yeah. think about it. I mean, like, if you add the bananas, that's the meat of the sandwich. Exactly. Yeah. So, you're really a peanut butter sandwich. Actually, peanut butter and jelly is just condiment, condiment, bread. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so you're saying honey mustard's on par of... Honey mustard mayo sandwich. Boom. What if I just started, created a, a shop with... Like, a sandwich shop with just, like, condiment sandwiches. <laughs> and it was, like, we were inspired by the peanut butter and jelly, so we, like, took honey mustard and we, like, really made it artisan. Artisan! <laughs> <laughs> and then we, like, we make our own mayo from, like, locally sourced eggs and other things that are in mayo. <laughs> you just keep on saying that. You you have to have your employees recite the same exact thing every time. Yeah. The number one word to say when talking to any client is artisan and locally sourced. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Locally sourced is number two. Like, we have a checklist. Oh, okay, okay. So, it's like artisan, locally sourced. Um, organic. No, organic, GMO-free. Yeah, non-GMO, for sure, for okay, sure. For sure. Um, I would say, like, lead certified farms. <laughs> what does it even mean? It's like energy efficient farms. Oh, okay, right? gotcha, gotcha. Solar. Yeah, like, every pig has their own solar panel. <laughs> <laughs> and every cow has its own windmill at, named after them. Yeah, they've, like, really gone far in donating their money Ooh. to help the cause. But wait, if it's just condiments, why do we need a farm? Well, no, like, we wouldn't, but we, like, know where the farm is, and, like, the pigs just hang out and help out. Oh, So they're, okay, like, gotcha. the employees. Now I'm going, like, all Animal Farm George Orwell on this shit. <laughs> like, I am pumped. So Ooh, this is a real thing. George Orwell, man. Sour, sour subject of this current climate, but... Yeah, yeah a little okay. too real. Yeah, a little too real. 1984. <laughs> Future documentary. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to Cheap Scares. Hope you enjoyed our little little fantasy farm to table condiment sandwich. I'm actually super into it. I <laughs> might write a business plan right now. Okay. No one said that idea. I've copyrighted it already, and I called the U.S. government, so yeah. they're on my side. Okay. Okay. Well, they're not. Anyways, so today's subject is of interesting. Origins. I've always read about it. I've always um, been interested in the subject. I've always been scared of it, obviously, because it's a scary subject. Um, We are diving into, like, we're going to touch on it and then tell you stories from it about the Wendigo slash Skinwalkers. Just the very name Skinwalker is not okay. Yeah. Like, no, mm, gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty. Di- it's pretty disgusting. Yeah. Um. So in Algonquin folklore, the Wendigo or Win Wendigo. 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 I'm sorry. <clears throat> That's so offensive to name American people. Yeah, I'm sorry. Can we take that out? <laughs> yes. I don't like that. Um. Okay. In Algonquin folklore, the Wendigo 
is a cannibal monster or evil spirit native to the northern forests of the Atlantic coast and Great Lakes regions of both the United States and Canada. So, like, it knows no borders. Yeah. Um, Algonquins are one of the most populous and widespread uh, North American native language groups. Today, thousands of individuals identify it with various Algonquin peoples. Historically, the peoples were prominent along the Atlantic coast and into the interior along the St. Lawrence River and around the Great Lakes. A uh, history lesson. Yeah, yeah. So they were, like, so the whole, like, folklore has spread among, like, that area. Yeah. It's not so much here. I think there are some stories here, but it's not, it's mostly over there when they talk about it. You mean up there for us? Yeah, yeah. Up there. Up like, you there just first. you just drive up with the five. Yeah. And you'll make it. You'll go see some skinwalkers. <laughs> so, most of our stories um, originated from um, a list from Thought Catalog. and um, Thank you, Thought Catalog. Yes, for making our research <laughs> a lot easier. <laughs> and, I don't know, it's gross. And so. there is a huge, there's a subreddit for skinwalkers, so if you guys want to check that out... Um, this is actually from the Navajo, so it's, like, very The simpler. first story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all of them oh, are. Oh, all of them are Navajo? Yeah, so they're not so much Algonquin <laughs> oh. related, but, uh, I'm sorry about that. I <laughs> kind of fubbed up there. Um, anyways, the first story is from the list. My uncle is, um, uh, Mexican and Native American. This happened in the Mojave Desert in Southern California. Okay, so I totally lied about <laughs> that yeah. it only happens up there. Um, he was driving around with his girlfriend late at night, and they saw something that looked like a huge black dog on the side of the road. He slowed down, and the dog began crossing the road. Instead of walking like a normal dog would... This thing moved like a rocking toy rocking horse. What? He said it stopped in the middle of the road and stared right at them, and its eyes had a gl- red glow. My uncle is the most badass person I know, and it scared the crap out of me. Ew. Ew. Isn't that, like, so unnatural? I don't like that. Also, how is this person's uncle badass? Like... I want to know more. Yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued. About him. Yeah. Not so much the story itself. I mean, the story's interesting, too, but also gross, so I want to know more about the uncle. Like, he seems like a cool dude. Like, yeah, he's yeah. a badass. Yeah. I mean, like, if he you lived. Count, if you drive through the Mojave Desert at night. Yeah, like, you're just like, ha, I got this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Any desert. I've driven through, um... California to get to Las Vegas at night, and it was really cool because it was completely dark and oh, like geez. but it was really scary at the same time because you can't see anything past your headlights obviously because yeah. there's no lights at all but it was kind of cool because there was nobody on the road so you can kind of like drive through it so i don't know if i ever encountered such beings yet maybe you hit something did you th- feel a thump possibly but these i don't think so no <laughs> i'm not gonna add to this Okay, I have a story about hitting an animal while driving. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, my mom and I, we've driven across the country a couple of times. Mm. And um, uh, we would hit the deserts, and, um, like, birds do their own shit, right? They're mm. like, we don't care. 
Um, so they just are like leisurely walking down or walking across the, the highway and the highway's two lanes with nothing to really separate the ground and the highway. Mm-hmm. So we're going really fast because it's Arizona where going 90 feels like you're going 60. So we're going super, super fast. And I see this bird. It was like, like, you know, the road runner. Yes. It was a road runner. I, for and some reason, I don't believe they exist. It was a true live roadrunner. I mean, not anymore, because we <laughs> hit that sucker. That sucker went down, and it was just like, like, I, I made eye contact with it, and it just went, kunk, kunk. and I was like, oh, shit. But, like, you can't swerve, because yeah. there's another, like, the only way you can swerve is either off the road or into traffic. Yeah. So, Wait, fun fact, I how big, something. How big is this roadrunner? Big enough for me to make eye contact with it before it went down. <laughs> and it just had this look like, I thought I was going to make it today. And it was like, you did not. I actually, um, on the on the five, there was like some pigeons that landed right in front of my oh, car shit. while I was driving. And I was trying to swerve out of the way. I don't know if any of them made it, but they were so stupid. To be- How many pigeons did he murder? And Did you kill off a whole flock? A whole flock of them. There were five of them, at least. And, and I don't like, know. I have no idea if I'm if they made it or not, but they were really dumb. I probably, like, saved the whole, like, species by killing those dumb ones off. Yeah, you really helped them out. Yeah. So that, yeah. that would, they wouldn't procreate. Yeah, 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 exactly. So on to story two, now that we've established that you and I are murderers. <laughs> um, so this happened about 12 years ago. My family owns a farm in the heart of an Indian reservation. And side note, there are really scary stories about Indian reservations. I've heard, like, um, secondhand. I've never been to an Indian reservation, obviously. I've lived in the city. I'm a city folk, if you will. Or suburb. A, a city gal. <laughs> city gal. But um, I've heard really scary stories, and maybe we'll get into it even more deeper than what we're doing today. Okay, so uh, my family owns a farm in the heart of an Indian reservation. One winter, I came home from, for Christmas, taking care of the farm while my parents were away Christmas shopping. As I was home by myself, way late in the night, and I hear all our cows freaking out. I knew it had to be the wild dogs that are rampant in the area, so I throw on some boots, grab a shotgun, load it up, and head out to the field. This person's real Damn. farm. Real They're farm like, life. oh, something's happening. Let me shoot it. Yeah. This was a perfect scenario for a horror movie. It was cloudy, but there was full moon, and it was breaking through the clouds just right to, just right to light up all the snow. Oh, that's when like the the knife comes out and just like cuts him, and blood goes splattering all over the snow. That's yeah. the scene. I can it, see it. That's the opening scene. Yeah. That's the opening found it um i ran out into the middle of the field and just in time i see two dogs they were standing up face facing each other and fighting i think perfect two for one damn (laughs) so i pump a shell into the chamber of mr 12 gauge and then it happened the two dogs heard the rack they both stopped looked over at me and ran away on their back legs Oh, Immediately no. I froze In every ghost story about skinwalkers And all the other native legends I grew up with Flew through my mind 
keep in mind I am a white guy and up until then these were all just boogeyman stories the native kids like to tell to scare us that night they became real to me <laughs> just like anything unnatural I don't like this yeah <laughs> exactly so let's go to story three <clears throat> which is a bit of a doozy sorry about this guys I was spending a month with my cousins at my grandma's house. It was August, and my cousins' ages ranged from 10 to 15, and I was the oldest, being 15. I was staying with a 10, 13, and 14-year-old. We stayed up telling scary stories often, but one night, a few weeks in, we decided to make a campfire out back. My grandma's house is in a rural suburb. The neighbors aren't too far when you're driving down the road to her house, but in the backyard in the thick forest with man-made paths through it, each house is on a hill. Oh, wait, that didn't make sense. But in the backyard, it's a thick forest with man-made paths through it. Each house is on a hill, so only part of the basement was actually underground. This isn't important until later, though. So, we're towards the east side of her yard in a smallish patch of open land. You couldn't see the neighboring yards from there, and there was possibly three-quarters of a mile to each side of us that belonged to my grandma. A lot of land. Yeah. There were... They got it. So, uh, a bit of sight, uh, like, sorry to cut you off, but I think the lesson so far through one and a half, uh, two and a half stories is that never live on a lot of land. I don't know. I grew up in places with a lot of land. Or near n- native lands. I feel like the, that's called all of the lands. <laughs> I'm sorry, I could that's do everything. <laughs> that's okay. true. I'm sorry. I'm so naive, naive right now. Anyways, it was maybe 11 at night, and we were playing truth or dare after telling scary stories. Not a good idea. And my 14-year-old cousin dared me and the 13-year-old cousin to go walk through the paths for 10 minutes or so. I said yes right away, as I wasn't easily scared and rather level-headed, but my younger cousin was a bit more hesitant. We didn't bring a flashlight because it wasn't pitch dark yet, and we couldn't see enough not to... And we could see enough not to die. Oh, that... I kind of want to see more than that, like, you know? Yeah. Um... We were walking through the paths for about five minutes and could barely see the fire through the trees when we decided to turn. In the middle of the path was a large dog-like creature hunched over with its front hands an inch to the gr- from the ground. What I remember most was how its eyes were so fucking bright white, and it was, hu- it was a humanoid dog-shaped with a human-like head, but a dog-like body, but human hands and feet. <laughs> It looked right at us, and I know I was paralyzed with fear as it dashed away the opposite way from us towards the creek and that ran from through the yard. Eventually, my cousin and I screamed bloody effin' murder, and the other cousins and my grandma ran to us. I don't remember much here because I was really disoriented and I couldn't think properly, but I did wake up in bed, so I assume I was brought up to the house. All the kids slept in the basement in a big room with sliding glass doors to the outside, as the room was on the side that wasn't underground. My bed was pressed up against a big glass window, and I could see my cousins playing outside down below. The house is in Michigan, so far from uh, Southern California, mm-hmm. for, like the first one. Um, so it gets slightly chilly even in the end of August. There was a, a slight breeze, so I put on my jacket and ran to join them outside, skipping breakfast, not wanting to miss out on anything fun. Mm. When I got down, I could tell they weren't playing, but rather running to get my grandma. Her dogs, both of them, were dead, <gasps> ripped up. 
No! That's horrific! That's the worst thing we've heard tonight. I know. Including our own animal murders. I know! Or attempted murder for me, really. Yeah. Um, that night we went to bed early. I woke up at maybe 2 in the morning because I felt something hit my head. My cousins were all sitting on the double bed opposite me on the other side of the room. There was one bunk bed and two double beds. The double beds for me and my 14-year-old cousin, um, the double beds were for me and my 14-year-old cousin. They were being quiet and staring at me. The 13-year-old nodded his head toward the window. I froze. They all looked afraid. I turned my head slightly to the side and I saw a really messed up looking face pressed to the window with gaping eyes looking down at me. <gasps> I screamed so fucking loud and it bolted. My grandma called the police after I told her what happened and they found nothing. I went home after that and I've never been there during the night again. <laughs> that is freaky. I don't like this. So currently we are in a place with a lot of windows. <laughs> We're in a Prius. It's it's equal friendly. It's good. It's okay. <laughs> okay, so second to last story, guys. I was staying at my grandpa's trailer in Arizona. Oh, so not oh. near the Great Lakes. Um for a couple days with my mom and dad and two brothers. I forget why we went out there, but it had to be important because my dad never tagged along with us out there. Anyways, come nighttime and everyone is asleep except me. I'm watching Nickelodeon on the TV in the living room when I hear footsteps walking up to the front porch. Since my grandpa was up there for years, he had a long wooden ramp to his um, door. I was expecting something to come to the door and knock, but nothing happened except that it kept walking up and down the ramp. My grandpa lived about 25 miles away from the nearest town, and the only neighbors around are other family members. I remember being really scared at this point and couldn't think straight. My brothers were asleep in the living room on the couches near me, and I couldn't force myself to wake them up. Instead, I calmly walked to the back bedroom where my mom and dad are sleep asleep. I lay down on the floor and try to sleep. Meanwhile, whatever is walking around outside is still doing its thing. <laughs> After a couple of minutes, I hear my mom attempt to wake up my dad and see if he can hear it. This relieves me because I thought she was asleep the whole time. I tell her I hear it too and we lay there and listen. My dad is not the best at being coherent after sleep, and he falls back to sleep right away. <laughs> it stops after a couple minutes. The next night, the same thing happens, except it's coming up to the back door. Uh, I freak out and again, and this time just go to the back bedroom and lay down and go to sleep. So that's all I remember. I also forgot to mention a weird thing my grandpa said that made sense later. Before turning in to sleep, he said something like, Don't pay attention to anything you hear at night. You're safe inside. Shit. I should also mention that the next day, I remember seeing boot prints and paw prints in the sand by the ramp. Boot prints and paw prints. I wonder what the boot prints were. Yeah. Maybe it's like the grandpa. Yeah. Like a mixture of it. Yeah. Um, Side note, there's actually another story that I didn't find um, online, but I remember it very vividly. I read it on Reddit, I believe. 
where someone was just home alone, obviously, and watching TV in the living room. Obviously. Obviously. And so he hears knocking on the door, the front door, and he's like, it's really late, so he thinks that it's just somebody messing around or something. And he kind of, like, sneaks a look, and he sees this massive being standing in front of the door, just knocking on the door. Because they can't enter yeah. unless you invite them in. What? Yeah. So, That's so weird. So remember, guys, do not let, let them in. <laughs> don't let them in. Just say no. Just ignore it. That's the best. That's one of the best advice I've ever heard from anybody who's experienced scary story, or like experienced hauntings. Is just to ignore it, basically, because and just write it off. Try to be, think logically about it. Yeah. <clears throat> so our last story of the night. My uncle and cousin saw a large deer on the side of the road. When they cl- got closer, it hopped over the fence like a bi. Pedal man. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, ah. One time, driving back from Gallup, my dad saw an old Navajo woman walking on the side of the road, and when he slowed down to offer her a ride, she took off into the plains quickly with inhuman speed. Once, when I was a kid, my family was at my aunt's house, which is in a rural, secluded area, when we were toyed with by a few entities. They would make animal noises, and when we looked to the direction from which those noises were coming, they would turn a flashlight on and off. The noises would come from all directions in increasingly shorter succession. Usually, when I'm there on the reservation visiting alone at night, I will feel the presence of evil and dread. Panic and paranoia will wash over me, and as sudden as it comes, it will leave. That was more of a, like... Like a, kind of like a warning. You shouldn't do this. I'm just like, avoid. Avoid. I've heard, um, again, we'll probably go into more depth, but I've heard from a friend who used to go to reservations. Um, he was a, um, he was, he's a, he's like a missionary kind of Mm -hmm. thing, and so he's always going. And he's, he was told that you should never, at night, you should never stop and try to, um, like, give people rides. Because you never know what it is. Especially on the uh, Native American um, reservation. Like, one time he told... Here, this is a bit of a short story, but um, he told me that one of his friends, he was a missionary. Um, He's this big, really nice guy. And he was driving through the reservation. And he saw this really old man walking on the side of the road. And, like, he's like, oh, I gotta help him, I gotta help him. And he... Let him, he was like, hey, do you want to ride? And the guy's like, just walked around and got in. And he had to stop by a uh, liquor store to get something. And then so he stopped and he's like, just wait here, I'll be back. And so he got out and then the guy started getting out, the older men. He started getting out. He was like, oh, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. And then like, as soon as the guy got around to the other side, the passenger side, man disappeared That's so weird yeah and he was like he told that story to like um the natives uh, the native americans um and they were like you're lucky because that was a nice entity you shouldn't a you should they were telling him like he, wh- who he shouldn't stop for mm-hmm. like one of them was like an older woman a woman who was pushing a carriage like and wearing all black 
And I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. I'm never going to help anyone again. Time <laughs> to be mean and shut out the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we got to look out for number one. <laughs> Stay alive. Anyways, that was kind of terrifying slash fun. such a terrifying subject but it's i hope it was interesting um i know that our biggest hit was the reincarnation episode where um we were telling stories from the internet and yeah. usually those are big for people yeah big for us too it's interesting yeah to it's hear interesting. people's experiences but hopefully next time we'll be in a, a well-lidded area. Yes. <laughs> we won't be afraid. We won't be as afraid. Um, anyways, thank you for listening to Cheap Scares. Email us. We'd love to get emails and about stories. That would be great. If you have a Windigo story or like a Skinwalker story, bravo. We will. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, our email is cheapscarespod at gmail.com. And then you can follow me on Facebook, or Facebook, again, only have a few friends. And yeah, we, we don't do that. Yeah. Bullshit. Um, it's, uh, you can follow us on Facebook, although we do have a group. We do yeah, have a follow group. us Cheap Scares Podcast. Yes, sorry, on Facebook. thank you for... But don't follow us individually because we don't have friends. Yeah. And we like it. That way. <laughs> uh, we, you but, can follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, we like followers. Yes, I have, uh, my Twitter handle is MaryHVNGUYN. And mine is at Kaylee Follett, C-A-I-F-O-L-L-E-T. Did I spell my name wrong? Yes. C A I L E Y F O L L E T. It's okay. What did I say? You said C A I F O L L E T. Oh, so that's my old handle. Oh, that's why. Yeah, follow her new Twitter handle, guys. It's just my full name. Yeah, yeah. Not my nickname. Anyways, goodbye. Later.